I've coached nearly 100 women about their screen time, and here's what I've learned. Women actually don't care about their screen time. They care about those things that are impacted by their screen time. Their ability to be patient with their kids, the growth of their business, having time to pursue their creative dreams, their relationship with their husband, the inner peace that they feel, their confidence in themselves, their connection with God, their friendships, not missing out on their kids' childhoods. I'm Alex, and I'm here to help you find inner peace, enjoy true fulfillment, and be fully present. Welcome to the Mindful with Media podcast. Hi, welcome. I recently have had a little nudge to take a break from social media, so I'm taking this week off of social media, and it's felt really good to just kind of check back in and have some space so that when I do get back on, I'll be in a better place to use it more intentionally. And you might have heard me talk about this before that I believe that social media fasts or little breaks from social media, they can be really helpful. Every once in a while, I'll get a little nudge to take some time off, but they're not enough. And if you've ever taken a break from social media and then got back on and found that you fell right back into old habits, feel free to sign up for a free coaching call and I can help you get back on social media and actually have the break from social media that you took be effective as you implement social media back into your life. Yesterday, I was studying about what it means to be happy and just kind of writing down some of my thoughts about what I believe happiness is. And as I was writing down my thoughts, I noticed that, well, I'll just share some of the the notes that I, I wrote down. I wrote, I believe happiness includes deep peace, true satisfaction, hope, contentment, feeling fulfilled, I wrote down some moments or times that I've felt truly happy, walking outside with Matt and the kids while the sun was shining, watching women be taught and inspired and discover truths for their specific situations during coaching calls, watching my kids play with each other and make each other laugh and just love each other, the feeling I have after a good long run with friends chatting with friends in the mountains, hiking in God's beautiful creations, especially when I'm with my kids and friends, listening to beautiful, inspiring music, allowing myself to feel the deep emotions that I have, journaling about something that I'm feeling really sad about. So yeah, those are some of my my thoughts that I wrote about happiness. And what I noticed with each of these points, there was one common similarity. And that was that happiness and my understanding of happiness and experience with happiness involves being fully present. And even like those last examples that I realized that I actually do feel happy when I'm experiencing what can be termed as negative emotion or hard emotions like sadness. 
And so what I believe about all of these points is that happiness involves being fully present. You know, those experiences when I was with my husband or my kids or friends, I was all there. I was engulfed in the experience. And so I believe that the more that we can be fully present in our lives, whether that's doing fun, happy things with people we love, or whether that's, you know, experiencing some really hard emotions, but allowing ourselves to be fully present for those emotions, that's when we feel true happiness and satisfaction and deep peace and hope and fulfillment and contentment. It comes from being fully present. And so that's why today I want to talk more about how to be fully present and just more about this concept of being present. So almost a year ago now, we were visiting my in-laws in Wyoming and my father-in-law was at work and my mother-in-law was at an appointment and my husband was out to lunch with a friend. Both my kids were napping, so I was home alone at my in-law's house and I was hoping to get some work done. But I opened my laptop and I couldn't connect to the Wi-Fi and I tried to find my phone so I could ask my husband and my in-laws about how to connect to the Wi-Fi. And I realized that I had left my phone in the car that my husband took, so I had no way of contacting anyone. And I kept trying to think of productive ways to use this time. But I wasn't at home, so I couldn't work on any of my house projects or my never-ending to-do list. And I didn't have my phone with me, so I couldn't do anything on there, like create social media posts or read scriptures or anything like that. And I didn't have my book with me, so I couldn't read anything. And so I literally just sat with my thoughts doing nothing. And it was that experience that made me realize that it's not that we're addicted to our phones as much as we always want to be doing something because it is hard to be bored. And this can even apply when you're doing one thing like brushing your hair or watching a movie or playing with your kids while simultaneously trying to multitask by scrolling on your phone at the same time or trying to do something else at the same time. And I found that this is totally true for all of you. I reached out a few months ago and asked what made it hard for you to be present. And this is what you shared. Some of the things that you said of what makes it hard for you to be fully present are your own thoughts, clutter in your home, your to-do list forever running in your head, anxiety, stress, feeling like you need to get so many things done, so you have to double up on some things, lack of energy, feeling overwhelmed or stressed. There's so much on your mind. You're always thinking of what's next. You want to take pictures and videos, but you feel like that also takes you away from the experience. Sometimes the experience itself is overwhelming and you feel the need to escape. At the end of the day, you're just tired. You're constantly thinking about what needs to be done. You just have so many thoughts anytime you're with your kids or outside. That's when you have the best business ideas, anxiety, everything that needs to get done, your phone, wanting to be productive, anything that's a distraction, your giant to-do list screaming at you to get things done all the time, thinking of what you should be doing. You get bored, your mind races with all the things you could be doing, which is usually chores your never-ending to-do list, wanting to enjoy the moments because time flies, 
anxious thoughts about if you're acting normal or yourself, getting bored or you feel lazy, if you're not doing something that feels productive, your never-ending to-do list that you want to get done, bored with the present, so many things on your mind, numbing to avoid uncomfortable emotion. Okay, so it sounds like we all have a lot of similarities of what makes it hard for us to actually be fully present. I think the biggest things that I noticed were never-ending to-do lists, like your mind racing of what you should be doing or could be doing, um, feeling bored with the present, racing thoughts. So being present means that you're focused and engaged in the here and now. You're not distracted or mentally absent. And our phones are an obvious distraction that pull us from being focused and engaged in the moment, but they also impact the way that our brains work so that even if our phones aren't available, we still expect that constant stimulation that we're used to. So later in this episode, I'll talk more about practical ways to deal with this because the reality is we do live in a world of phones. And I, you know, if you've listened to this podcast for a while or especially my first episode, I love my phone. I'm so grateful for my phone and I I don't want to get rid of my smartphone, but there are some practical things that we can do so that we can be fully present while still living in the age of the smartphone. But first, I want to start by talking about the benefits of being present. And this was probably, I don't know, close to a year ago now, but I decided to set a phone boundary that I wouldn't use my phone whenever I was feeding my baby girl. And I just wanted to cherish that time that she was a special little baby and I wanted to feel closer to her. And so anytime that I fed her, I left my phone in the other room. And the interesting thing was that I I made this change because I wanted to feel close to her, but so many other good things happened when I did this. I spent anywhere from 15 minutes to an hour every night in the dark silence as I fed my baby to sleep. And I like to be productive. I think many of you can relate to this, that you have this never-ending to-do list. You always like to know how you can be most efficient, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So to just sit and do nothing, and and I would feed her to sleep. And so she wasn't really engaging with me. Like she was just falling asleep. And so she wasn't looking at me or anything. And so I kind of felt like this was a waste of time. Like I could have been creating reels for my business, or I could have been responding to texts, or I could have been responding to DMs or writing in my journal on my phone or meal planning or making a grocery list or reading my scriptures, which they're all, those are all good things to do. But I just, instead, I did nothing except sit and think. And I found that when I had this quiet time to do nothing and be fully present for that moment, I was so much more efficient and productive in my work at other times. And I just had so many ideas for work and for my life and for specific parenting challenges. And I volunteer at church and so certain situations there. And I just felt more calm and peaceful in my life. And I just felt that like deep love and appreciation as I watched my baby fall asleep. And of course I got bored and I got antsy and I would find myself turning to my watch to see if it could somehow entertain me. But 
overall, the benefits of being present for this experience far outweighed everything else. So research shows that when you are more present, it's easier to manage stress. And when you practice being present, this makes it easier for you not only to deal with something stressful that happens right then, but you're also better able to cope with stressful things that happen later. So whether that's that same day or even in the future. Another benefit of being present is it can help reduce anxiety and depression. And this totally makes sense, right? Like anxiety is typically a future-oriented response. The third benefit that I want to touch on of being fully present is that it strengthens relationships. And there is research that shows that just having a phone face down on the table makes it less likely for a conversation to get as deep. So the results of the study said if either participant placed a mobile communication device on the table or held it in their hand during the course of the 10 minute conversation, the quality of the conversation was rated to be less fulfilling compared with conversations that took place in the absence of mobile devices. So even just, even if like no notifications come in, even if like the phone is face down, just having it there is associated with the conversation being less fulfilling and you're like not likely to go as deep. Okay, so now that we've covered some of the benefits of being present, you're better able to handle stress. It can help with anxiety and depression and it will strengthen relationships. Let's get into some practical tips that can help you to be fully present. So the first tip that I want to share is to declare your efforts as enough. And a lot of you mentioned that you have a never-ending to-do list. And I think we can all relate to that, that any stage of life you're in, whether you're a mom or a business owner or someone who is just a human being, there are always more things you can do. And so ultimately, it's up to you to declare your efforts as enough and declare when you're done. And that concept has been really helpful for me. If I find myself having a hard time being present with whatever I want to do, if I'm still ruminating on something else, to declare that what I've done is enough. The second tip that I want to share is to remember that your value doesn't come from your productivity. I think it's really easy to be present with whatever we're doing because we're basing our value on something else that we think we should be doing, whether that's cleaning the house or doing laundry or doing something for our business or doing something that we deem as productive we might subconsciously be placing our value on that thing. And so you can listen to episode 40 of the podcast where I talk more about internalizing your inherent value and remembering that your value doesn't come from those things. The third tip that can help you to actually be more fully present is to change the language that you're using around certain things. I hear about this concept all the time of don't go to bed with your house messy. And I used to think like, I have to go to bed with my house clean or my house must be clean before I go to bed. But just shifting that language to, I prefer to go to bed with my house clean or I prefer to go to bed when I've cleaned the kitchen. 
that subtle shift is so powerful in how we treat that thing that it's okay to want something a certain way or to prefer to do something a certain way but if you believe that it must be that way or it has to be that way it's going to be a lot harder for you to be present when you're not doing that thing or when that thing isn't done and so just shifting that mindset of prefer something to be done rather than that thing must be done or it has to get done the fourth tip that can help you to be fully present is to ask yourself am i prioritizing the right things and genuinely just take some time to ponder that and journal about it of what matters to you and are your actions and the way you spend your time and the things you think about aligned with the priorities in your life and then if you can have that clear for yourself it's a lot easier to be more fully present for those things when you remember that those are your priorities the fifth tip is to ask yourself what does your future self think about this i think it's so easy to get caught up in the here and now and like the one moment that you're in and so to feel really worked up or overthink but if you can just take a step back and ask yourself what your future self thinks about this current situation it's often easier to kind of let things go a little bit and and see the picture and be more fully present okay another thing that helps me to be more fully present is to ask these two questions one what is giving me energy and the second question, what is draining my energy? Sometimes we put all of our energy towards certain things that are actually just draining our energy. And so we don't have anything left for those things that really matter to us that we want to be totally present for. And then once you figure out what's draining your energy and what's giving you energy, you can make some changes in your life so that you can be more fully present. The seventh tip that can help you to be more fully present is to make a decision. So sometimes when I don't have a clear idea of what I'm doing, I will try to clean the house and try to play with my kids. And then I'm like, oh, maybe we should just get out of the house because we're going crazy. And so my mind is kind of racing on what we should do. And I'm, I'm really not present cleaning the house. I'm not present for that activity. I'm not present with my kids because I'm thinking about what would be the best thing to do. And so it doesn't feel good. But when I'm in that moment and I realize that I'm just kind of like fluttering around of like what I should do, like half cleaning the house, half with my kids, if I can just make a decision, okay, right now I'm going to clean the house, I can be way more present for that. And of course my kids are still around and it might be a little chaotic and crazy, but at least I know and I can communicate to my kids Right now, I'm cleaning the kitchen or whatever it is. Or the opposite. Maybe I just decide I'm going to declare my efforts as enough and I'm making the decision to go to the park and I'm going to be fully present at the park. Just making that decision instead of tossing and turning about what we should be doing can help you to be fully present. And also, I love Kendra Adachi. She wrote the book, the lazy genius way and she has a podcast called the lazy genius and she talks about deciding once and so instead of every day wondering okay how should I spend my time you can just decide okay this is how my schedule goes <laughs> every morning I go take my kids on an outing and we go do something fun and I'm present with them there then 
during nap time, my Sunday's quiet time, and I'm fully present with my own things. I'm not trying to be present with him. And then after nap time, we have certain things on certain days, but I have designated things and, and same with my nights. I have certain nights for housework, certain nights for my, my coaching business, certain nights for self-care, certain nights for my connection with God. Anyways, just having that decided once, then I don't have to wonder every night what I'm going to do and kind of bounce around. If you can just decide once, it's way easier to be present with whatever you've decided to do. Another tip that can help you to be fully present is to set and protect boundaries around things that are important to you. So I had this experience where several months ago, maybe it was a year ago now, I don't know, but Matt and I had decided that there was some certain chunk of time on Saturdays that I could have devoted to my business, to work on my business. But I wasn't holding those boundaries around my time to work. And so it wasn't always happening, that time to work. And what I found was that because my time wasn't protected for work on Saturdays, I would always find myself pulling my computer out during the time that we had designated as family time. And so I was trying to like work and be with the family and I wasn't present for either one. And so it can be really helpful to set boundaries both around, for me, family time and work time and really hold to those boundaries so that you can be fully present for whatever one you're you're deciding to do right then. Another tip that can help to help you be fully present with whatever you're doing is to notice your thoughts without judgment. I think sometimes we think like, well, if I'm going to be present, I can't think about anything else. But our brains are designed to think and to ponder. And so if you're aware of mindfulness at all, you've probably heard of this concept of when you have a thought coming in, you just think of it as like floating down a river, you know, just let thoughts come and go and just notice them without judgment and not panicking about certain thoughts that come. And kind of with that, one of you mentioned that you always have the best thoughts for your business whenever you're wanting to be present or when you're outside, I choose to believe that thoughts that matter and ideas that matter and are really important in my business will come back to me when I'm in a good place. And so if I'm trying to sleep or if I'm with my kids outside or if I'm just in one of those moments where I really, really want to be in that moment truly present, if I have a thought come for my business, I say a little prayer and ask God to remind me about that idea another time when I can write it down. That may or may not work for you and it's not like you have to be super strict about that, but but that has helped me to just choose to believe that those ideas will come back when when I'm ready for them. And they do. I really do have those ideas come back. Okay, the last tip that I have for you to help you to be more fully present is to just choose small amounts of time. I think it's a little overwhelming to think, okay, I'm going to be fully present with my kids for this three hour chunk of time. Just set a timer for five minutes and be all in for five minutes and then move on to whatever you're doing. I think it doesn't have to be so, so big. I think it's actually more effective to be more present for smaller amounts of time. In fact, you might have heard of this popular idea of the nine most important minutes of your child's day. 
So this is the three minutes after they wake up, the three minutes after they get home from school, and the three minutes before they go to bed. And the idea is that you are totally and completely focused on your child for those nine minutes. And while it doesn't necessarily need to be those specific times or that specific amount of time, this principle is true that there is so much power in being completely present for a short period of time rather than partially present for a longer period of time. Whether that's with your kids or your spouse or your friends, the quality of your time together often matters way more than the quantity. I remember this specific experience where we were playing outside as a family in the backyard and we hadn't really made a clear plan for our day. It was a Saturday, so Matt was home from work and I was not all there because I was thinking about all the things I wanted to do that day. But as soon as Matt and I checked in and we were like, okay, let's play for five more minutes and then we'll go inside and make a plan, then I was better able to be totally present and have fun with my husband and my kids. And it's just so much easier to set things aside when you know there will be an end or you know you can come back to those later. So just as a recap for the the tips that we mentioned today, declare your effort as enough. And you can even ask yourself the questions. Do you believe your effort is enough? Do you declare it as enough? Remembering that your value doesn't come from productivity. Changing the words you used from must and need to prefer. Ask yourself if you're prioritizing the right things. Ask yourself what your future self thinks about this. Ask yourself what's giving you energy and ask yourself what's draining your energy. Just making a decision about what you're doing and what you want to be present with. And even better if you can decide once. And kind of just as a one more example with that, I used to feel so guilty about having downtime or taking a little break when there were still other things that needed to be done because I knew that those other things needed to be done. And I I wanted to get them done, but I also wanted downtime. But now that I have like a really specific schedule, I don't feel so guilty because it's planned. Um, And kind of similar to that, Set boundaries around those things that are most important to you. Notice thoughts without judgment. And then choose to be present for small amounts of time. And you can even set a timer to make sure that you and whatever you're wanting to be present with or the people that you want to be present with are all on the same page about that. I really do believe that being truly and fully present brings such joy and happiness. And to me, it's it's a key point to to experiencing happiness in this life. I'm so grateful that you would listen today. I hope you have a really happy week as you try to just be a little bit more present by applying one of these tips. And I'll talk to you next week. If you feel like your life is good, but it could be better, I would love to chat with you. The only way for me to explain what I do is for you to experience it. You can sign up for a free coaching session using the link in the show notes.